You're listening to the Cornerstone Word of Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this teaching from Pastor Mark. For more information on our church, please visit cwol.org. You know, in Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, it talks about how they were in unity in one accord. There came a sound from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and cloven tongues of fire set on them. And uh, so tonight, I just had it on my heart that we're going to minister to you about the fire of God. And this is what I believe. Mark 16, 20 says this, And they went forth everywhere and preached the word. And the Lord worked with them, confirming his word with signs following. So this is my, uh, this, I want you to prepare for this. Because I'm not trying to get you, uh, I kind of am going to get you ready for an experience. Because um, right now, I believe more than ever, um, we as the body of Christ need to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. I said, right now, more than ever, we as the body of Christ need to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. And unfortunately, we have to be very careful in the church in the United States that in the name of trying to reach out, that we don't um, draw back. And so um, you're here tonight in a saturation meeting. Um, why we call them saturation means is just we take our time, we get in the presence of God, we always at Cornerstone follow the Holy Ghost every Sunday morning, every Wednesday night when we're teaching in Bible Institute, we always follow Him because the Holy Ghost is the person that represents Jesus, the head of the church on the earth today. And so when the Holy Ghost is doing something, it's because the head of the church is requesting it. So we can't uh, draw back from following the person of the Holy Ghost because he's the, the Spirit of God. He's the Spirit of the Lord Jesus here on the earth, and Jesus is the head of the church. And so Jesus knows what his body needs. And so, to, you know, yesterday as I was um, preparing... It just, the thought arose in my heart about the fire of God. Well, that's a subject I like to minister on on a regular basis. And then the thought came to me, and you can be seated, that uh, there's going to be numerous speakers. And the first one is Mr. Conover, and he's going to come and minister about the fire of God. Well, hallelujah. Now y'all got to, I usually have like a lapel or something like that. So if this mic goes flying, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I do this a lot. Hallelujah. And so I don't know what's going to happen with this microphone. Hallelujah. So we'll just get out there and we'll see what's going on. I think pastor, you know, he, he we know he hears from God, but sometimes I wonder if he does this. So we'll activate our faith for the service. Hallelujah. <laughs> Give it to him, Lord. <laughs> but praise God. I believe God has something for us. And uh, he's going to help us. You know, as I was praying this afternoon and just thinking about this, as Pastor was just saying, the body of Christ needs the fire of God. And, uh, you know, I, I know the fire of God increases when we get together corporately, but you also have the fire of God available to you individually. And uh, we're going to get into a couple things, and, and it's just back there, and this isn't in my notes, but I was just back there, and, and, and the Lord was telling me one reason we need the fire of God is because the fire of God will try things. Now, there's a lot of things that show up in our lives that aren't from God. 
And if you want to know what's from God, you get the fire of God on it. And whatever's left standing after the fire has fallen is from God. Y'all hear me now. This world has a funny way of putting things in our lives, of putting things that aren't supposed to be there. Not everything that comes into your life is sent from God. Now, young people especially, you listen to me tonight. Oh, it got quiet. You start talking to young people, old people detach, and the young people are like, nope, <laughs> not going to listen. But how, you know, I, we've been in youth ministry for a long time, and, and, you know, they're always trying to figure out where to go to school and who to date and what job am I going to have. When stuff starts coming into your life, you need to get in the presence of God. I believe that the fire of God is just the unspoken manifestation of the presence of God. I'll say it again, the unspoken manifestation of the presence of God. And when God falls on you, he doesn't necessarily have to speak to you, doesn't have to come in, don't have to have an audible voice, don't have to get a word from the word, but all of a sudden you know the presence of God is there. The fire of God, and it falls on you. When the fire of God falls on you, it begins to burn up everything that's in your life that's not from God. And it begins to try everything. And when stuff is tried by the fire of God, if it's from him, it'll last and it'll stay. If it's not from him, it'll be burned up by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Now, you all remember the challenge on the Mount Carmel where Elijah or Elisha or one of those dudes from God was up there. And yet all those false prophets, there's a lot of false things that show up in our lives. And when the fire of God comes, it comes to prove to you and to me that it's false. You get a doctor report from the Lord or from the doctor and it doesn't line up with the report of the Lord. What is that? That's a false prophecy over your life. And so you got to get the fire of God on it. When the fire of God tries it and you can step back and it can burn it up and you can say, that's not from God. I don't receive that. What is from God? And you know what else the fire of God does when it proves those things and it tries those things? It proves to you this is from God. Fight for it. See, we've had the world try to project a lot of things into our lives and it's been tried by the fire of God and after it's still standing we're able to look at it and say I'm gonna fight for that amen how do everyone say fight for it so one thing that the fire of God will do is it'll remove dead things from our lives all those false prophets had all those dead altars up there and then Elijah called down the fire of God and what it do it burned them up Amen. And so we got to let the fire of God burn some bad things or some dead things up out of our lives. And if we'll let it, it'll do that every single time. You know, you all know I'm from Colorado. I try to squeeze it in every time I talk. Hallelujah. Because <laughs> it's just, you know, I got this little box that I got to check. And so Colorado is one of those boxes. And so I can check it for tonight. Hallelujah. And so anyways, uh, you know, there would be a lot of, and I've heard they have a name for it, Colorado ease or whatever. And it's when all the dead pine needles fall off the trees. And when you get a lot of dead pine needles that fall in the if you get enough of it, nothing new can grow because it stops the sunlight from penetrating through it to get to the new ground to grow up something new. And so God has this wonderful thing where a forest fire will start in his nature's way of taking care of all the dead stuff that's on the ground so something new can grow in. And it's amazing because when the fire comes and it burns it through, and we, we used to sit up on the ridge and we'd watch these fires and we'd watch them burn and a, and a pine tree would catch on fire and all the sap inside that pine tree would get to a point to where it'd start boiling and it'd get so hot and then that pine tree would explode. It was like God's fireworks. <laughs> I was like, ooh, look at that one. It's so pretty, you know. It's amazing. And so what that fire would do is it'd come in and it's amazing how we'd look at it after the fire. It would look like everything was dead and everything 
everything was wrong and there was no life to it. But you know what? In time, it would grow back better and more prettier and beautiful than it was before. And I always thought about that and I related it to that scripture that he would give us beauty for ashes. And so what does that mean? To me, it means he's going to come into Robert's life and he's going to burn up with the power of God and the fire of God, anything and everything that's not supposed to be there. And it's going to create this pile of ash. And as I give that ash to God, he's going to replace it with beauty. And he's going to make it better than it was before. Everyone say, I need the fire of God. And so we're going to go to this scripture and maybe we'll get to our notes in a minute. I don't know. But over here in 1 Corinthians 3.10, it says, Because of God's special favor to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. <laughs> and it says, Now others building on it. But whatever is building on this foundation must be very careful, for no one can lay in any other foundation than the one we've already have, Jesus Christ. See, you have one foundation. That foundation, or you're supposed to have one foundation. You know, we talked a lot the last couple of weeks about holiness. And you know what the number one sin in the Bible is talked about more than any other sin in the Bible? You know what it is? Idolatry. The Bible talks about that one sin more than any other sin. What is that? Other foundations trying to come into our lives except Jesus Christ. And so, you know, sometimes I know I saw this meme the other day and it said, there's three weeks left until college football season starts. So ladies, if you want to get married, do it now. <laughs> and it's a funny joke, but really in Alabama, college football can become a little bit of an idol. Don't plan a church event on a Saturday, especially if War Eagle or Roll Tide is playing. What is that? It becomes another foundation for an individual's life when we're only supposed to have one foundation. Mm. Hallelujah. Everyone say the fire of God. It says, because I've laid the foundation like an expert builder, and there's one foundation. Be very careful, for no one can lay any other foundation than the one we've already laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, anyone who builds on that foundation may use gold, silver, and jewels, wood, or hay, or straw. But there's going to come a time, a testing at the judgment day to see what kind of work each builder has done. Everyone's work will be put through the fire. Everyone say the fire. Everyone's work will be put through the fire to see whether or not it keeps its value. If the work survives the fire, the builder will receive reward. But if work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss, and the builders themselves will be saved, but like someone escaping through the walls of flames. Don't you realize? And then he keeps going on. And so that kind of is what God dropped in my heart in the sound room. And I was like, Lord, that's not in the notes that I studied out today. What is that? And God was showing me that this world has a way of trying to build in our lives things that are not supposed to be there. There's so many builders all around us. <laughs> you know, sometimes your family tries to build in your life. Sometimes your job tries to build in your life. Sometimes, you know, extracurricular activities try to build this foundation. And everybody and everything wants to be the chief cornerstone of our lives. But there's one cornerstone. And so God was saying, if you'll put my fire on it, I'll burn up everything that's not supposed to be there. And then you can see the real foundation. You can see the truth. And so God's word burns up everything over in Matthew 3, 11, 12. I love this. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance. But after me comes one who's more powerful than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And what's that word? And come on, say it now. And we can't be afraid of the fire. We need the fire. You know, it's the fire of God that really set me on my course in ministry. 
And this is why a lot of people don't serve God is because they get in there and there's no, I love what pastor calls it, the keeping power. You know, the fire of God is part of his keeping power. I mean, it just does something to you where you just know that's God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I remember one time I was at the Mata School of Missions and I was standing up on the front row right in my own business. I was all the way on the right side. They had two sides of the room. For whatever reason, I don't know why it worked this way, but they had one side that was really cold and one side that was really hot. And they called the one side that was really cold the frozen chosen, the air conditioner. I don't know why it worked, but it'd be like 50 degrees on one side and like 75 on the other. And so I always sat on the warm side because I don't like to be cold. You know what I mean? When I'm sitting in a service or something and I'm shaking, trying to pay attention. So I'd sit on the warmer side and I'm just standing on the front row of my own business. And then I look over and there's this guy running at me. And he's a big dude. He's not a little dude. And he's running. And this is what he's doing. It's so branded in my head. He's running and he's going, oh, and his arms were down by his sides. And the whole way from one side of the room to the other side of the room, he's running at Robert just going, oh, and then he gets to me and he tackles me and we fall on the ground. Now it was so supernatural because as soon as he tackled me, I just burst out into laughing by the Holy Spirit. And I didn't know this, but all of a sudden everyone else in the class began a dog pile. Y'all know what a dog pile is? I don't know if we're allowed to say that anymore, but a dog pile, we used to do it. We'd play football up there, and, and when one person gets tackled, everybody else would jump on. And so this dude tackles me, and then like 13, 15 other people start jumping on this pile. And I'm at the bottom, and I'm little, you know what I mean? And so I'm down on the bottom, and it's amazing. It was like there was this bubble around me where I couldn't feel any weight at all. And I had like 15 people on me, plus the big dude who tackled me first. But yet in that moment, God was trying some things in my life. Just give you a little details about my life at that moment. You know, I had this girl that I was dating. She lived in Colorado. I was in Oklahoma. And in that moment, God began to try that relationship with his fire. And he began to steer my life and he began to tell me, now listen to me, it's, it's difficult. You want to you wanna grieve the spirit of God? One of the best ways to do it is disagree with the answer he gives you. So I've been praying about this young lady. And then God gives me an answer and he's like, that's not the young lady I have for you. And I'd been grieving the spirit of God because he'd been telling me that for a couple weeks. And he'd give me an answer, and I'd be like, nah, it's not from you. And I was grieving the Spirit of God. And I was like, nah, it's not, no. Now, y'all been there before, whether it was a, a girl or a boy. You've been there with something where God spoke something to you, and you're like, nah, that's not really from God. And I feel like in those moments when we're grieving God, he gives a little extra push. And so here comes the fire of God. <laughs> you know, you can't argue with the unspoken manifested presence of God. And see, there's a lot of people, and I'm so grateful for Cornerstone Word of Life Church because we contend for these things. Our pastors set a precedence, amen? And then whatever's on Aaron's head flows down to his beard and onto his body. And so the body of this place, we contend for some things. And everybody said, amen. Amen. And so when the, uh, and this is why a lot of people, when they, they're so flaky when it comes to their commitment to God, is because they've never experienced the fire of God. So don't have churches like this, but we have a church where we contend for it, amen? And so in that moment where he's laying on me and 13 other people are laying on me, God is trying that relationship and his fire gets on it and he burns it up. And I left that moment knowing what was right and what was wrong. 
See, every single day we know that the Bible says that, that, that multitudes live in the valley of decisions. And every single day you have to make decisions about your life. And you have to know what is God and what isn't God, what is right and what is wrong. And yes, we know that just simply because God has given us a conscience. But there's some times where it needs to be tried by God's fire. Should I take this job? How should I raise my children? What should I do about this? You know, I'll just, Rachel and I, hallelujah, pastor, you, whenever, just tell the sound crew to mute it and I'll come down, hallelujah. And so, uh, you know, I remember Rachel and I, um, I don't know, let's see, Samuel's, one of my children, sorry, son, is, uh, uh, how old is he now? He's like eight. And so he's been in school for three, oh, it's not Samuel though. And so, uh, he's been in school for three years and, and, a, and a little while ago, Rachel and I, you know, we were thinking about moving. And so we began to pray and ask the Lord, should we move? Do you want us to go? And we began to try that decision by the fire of God. And there were so many things that looked more appealing to us out there. Ooh, we like this house, and we like that house, and we like this, and we will move here. And then when we tried that decision by the fire of God, God told us, you are supposed to be here for this school. And then all of a sudden, we were like, okay, we can't make this decision on our own anymore. God wants us to do this. And so we dug in our heels, and we said, okay, we're going to st stay here no matter how bad we want to move. Y'all know the expression, it's always greener on the other side of the fence. See, there's things out there that always look better than what you have. But God will always show you what's real. And he'll always show you what is good. Amen. And so he said, I've called you to be at this school. Stay here. Don't move. And so we tried that decision by the fire of God and we stayed there. And this school has been absolutely what we needed for this season in our lives. It has brought us, uh, and, and I, I, I have to push this down because you can get emotional when you talk about it, but God has a plan for you, and he's got a plan for me. And when that plan starts to get squirrely is when we start making decisions by ourselves without him and without his fire. Amen. And so he said, there's one coming who will baptize you with the spirit of fire. His will and fork, or whatever you say that, his fork in his hand, he will clear the threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. What is the chaff? The chaff is the part of the crop that's no good. And I know what he's talking about here. He's talking about how he's going to purify his church. And you're going to be able to see who all the real ones are and who all the fake ones are, who the hypocrites are, who are, you all understand what I'm saying, amen. But we're going to lose it, use it in this context. He's going to use the fire of God to burn up the chaff in our lives to separate what is real, to separate what is fake, to show us what is right, to show us what is wrong, to show us what is from him. Somebody say glory to God. See, because we need to know some things in the day and age we're living in. You got to be certain about the decisions that you're making. You got to be certain about the foundation you're building and what other things are trying to build in your life. And so where does that certainty come from? It comes from God and it comes from the fire of God. Second Corinthians three sixteen. Now I thought we were just going to focus on second Corinthians three the whole time because it talks about the glory and the fire of God. It says, but whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. I'll just stop right there. Anything that tries to build in our lives that's not from God binds us, weighs us down, is a burden. And if we want to be free, what do we need? We need the spirit of God. Or you could say it this way, we need the fire of God. And when we get the fire of God, that song that we were singing about, uh, I don't remember which one, which one has the chains in it. 
Well, we were just singing it tonight, something about chains. I don't know. It's a good song. Hallelujah. And I was thinking about that song, and I was like, the only way those chains can break is by God. The Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord is there's freedom. And he burns down things that try to hold us. He takes these weights. Cast all your cares upon the Lord because why? He cares for you. And let him burn these things up and take them away. And we all know with the unveiled faces, comply, uh, contemplate the Lord's glory and being transformed. Everyone say transformed. Into his image with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit of God. I love it. In the scriptures it's often referring to fire figuratively. And I love this. Like with the fire of God which transforms all it touches into light y'all catch that it transforms all it touches into light and likeness with itself see God is bringing us on this journey where every single day we're supposed to be more and more like him more and more, and we talked about holiness, which is total and complete devotion to God, I don't believe you can be totally devoted to God without the fire of God because I believe we need the fire of God to burn things up off of our lives that are holding us back from getting completely into him. Everyone say the fire of God. And so when we come in contact with that fire, it transforms us and it touches everything it touches. It turns into light and likeness with itself. Two more scriptures for you. Zechariah 13, 9. It says, I'll bring that group through the fire and make them pure. I'll refine them like silver and purify them like gold. They will call my name and I will answer them. And I will say, these are my people. And they will say, the Lord is our God. There it is again. The fire of God, it connects you in an incredible way more to him. It's undeniable. Amen. And I love it when people come in. This is why, you know, Hebrews 12, 29, Pastor Mark had the scripture on his heart for the youth ministry. And it's been our, our scripture for however many years I've been here. It says Hebrews 12, 29, for our God is an all-consuming fire. Why is that the youth ministry scripture? Because we know if we can get students in contact with the fire of God at a very early age, they will not part from him. Amen, right? Isn't that what the scriptures teach? Raise a child up in the way that they should go. And when they're older, they'll part not from them. That's not only talking about the word of God. That's talking about the spirit of God as well. That's talking about the fire of God. Amen. And if we can get somebody into the fire, into the presence of God, to try the things in their lives, to point them in the right direction, to prove what is from God and what isn't from God. Everything you get in your life is not from God. Take it to the fire. Let it be tried and see what's left standing. And then you'll know what's from God. Amen. First Peter two eight through nine or eight first Peter two eight through nine. It says, and then the stone makes people stumble, and the rock that makes them fall. The stumble because they did they stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. I would say I'm chosen. A royal priest, a holy nation. I love this. You are a chosen people, a holy nation. How do we become that? Well, God called us unto that, but we stay that by the fire of God. Fire keeps us pure, keeps us holy. You're a royal priest, a holy nation. It's God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called to you, he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. We've been called out of the darkness into the wonderful light. I love this. When Moses went up there onto that mountain, you know, another thing, and uh, hallelujah, another thing that I, we just talk about the benefits or the byproducts of the fire. One thing the fire does is it brings direction. You remember Moses, you know, when they were coming out of Egypt, it says they were led by a cloud during the day. And what, what led them at night? Fire. 
Remember when Moses was first called over there in Exodus 3, what he see? He saw fire. Amen. You remember when he went up there onto the Mount Carmel? Or, yeah, I think, no, Santa, Sinai or whatever it was. Hallelujah. He went up there over there in Exodus 24. And then he stayed up there from Exodus 24 all the way to Exodus 32. What did he get that whole time he was up there? Direction. <laughs> Amen. And the children of Israel, they were down on the ground. They looked up and they said they saw a cloud and it looked like fire. Fire brings direction and it proves the things that are in our lives. Amen. And so I believe the fire is in your life corporately as we're here tonight. And I believe the fire of God's going to go with you as you leave this place because he wants to show you what's from him. Amen. Well, the Holy Ghost knows what he's doing. He set me up perfectly. Good job, Robert. Um, I had tonight to start at that scripture. Our God is a consuming fire. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 29. And I wanted to tell you, um, when we all, well, the whole time we've been married, I tell you, my husband would never have any fun without me. I've told you that before, right? I, I'm drag him on vacations and make him have fun and um, but anyway, all of our marriage, I've wanted to go see the giant sequoia trees in California, these giant redwoods, right? And, uh, my family never wanted to go. Uh, and so, cause they're them and I'm me. <laughs> and, um, but for our 20th wedding anniversary, and there really is a, a scriptural fire thing that applies to this. Um, of our 20th wedding anniversary, my husband said, you know what? You and I, we're going to go see those giant redwood trees you always wanted to go see. I was like, cool, man. So, uh, he, you know, he was like, we're going to go see the giant redwood trees. You know, you understand how he was going on this trip, right? So we get out there. He actually loved it. Um, uh, it was magnificent. I mean, I have pictures of Pastor Mark like this and this giant tree towering above him. It's incredible. Um, really, it's just, it's just majestic. It was incredible. But one of the things that we did, was we uh, went to hear a conservationist talk about how how they grow these things, how these things grow. Not they grow them. They tried to grow them, and they couldn't grow them. And the pine cone that contains the seed is shut up tight. And it's so tight that the seeds don't come out. And so they're not growing any more trees. And so because there were no more giant redwood trees uh, that were growing, they were so protective of the ones that were there, obviously. So anytime a little fire would start, they quickly put it out because they didn't want the redwoods to burn. You understand? Because there's, you know, they're, they're rare and they're hard to grow apparently. And they couldn't figure out why no more were growing. And uh, he said, one man said one time there was a fire though that got a little bit out of control. And, and they, uh, in, in its, uh, in the area where the fire was, all of a sudden these trees started to grow. Well, it turns out that the fire opened up those pine cones that were shut up so tight. It burned the outside, that tough outer skin and released the seeds of greatness that were in that, that weren't able to be released. You know, some of you are already ahead of me. You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. I tell you what, in trying to constantly, you know, stamp out the fire, they were really hurting their own efforts to conserve these trees because it was the fire that released the seeds of greatness that grew these giants. Ha, 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 ha. Glory to God. Woo! 
I tell you, you get in the fire of the inside of you is released. All those things that hold you back, all those things that the devil's tried to keep that tightened down on what he's called you to do, tightened down on your greatness. I tell you, the fire of God comes over you and it consumes everything that's held you down. And those seeds of greatness are released to germinate and to grow you up into who it is that God says you are. Glory to God. Glory to God. He is a consuming fire. I tell you, he is a consuming fire. He consumes. How many of you know fire consumes everything in its path? Uh, I've been astounded watching those California wildfires. And trust me, we were out there last weekend. I was watching where they were. You know, I kept Googling, where are the California fires? And I was shocked how many were actually going on in that poor little state. But I was watching how close they were to where we were or not, you know, because I'm Susie Safety and that's what I do. And um, so, but, but, you know, when I was looking at those pictures, how many of you know, uh, some of them have even, uh, they make their own weather. There's, they, they have fire tornadoes and, you know, they were showing pictures of the fires and all you could see was fire. You couldn't even see the houses or the trees anymore. When you looked at it, all you saw was fire. Why? Because it's a consuming fire. Well, I'm telling you that you can get so full of God. You can get so full of God that when people look at you, they don't even see you anymore. There's something about you. There's something that's different about you. There's something they want, something that attracts them to you. And they may not know what it is, but you do. It's him. He said he would baptize us with the Holy Ghost and fire. Well, if you do an and, you can do either one of those. He can baptize you with the Holy Ghost, and he can baptize you with fire. 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 Glory to God. He can baptize you with fire. That fire that releases the greatness in you. He can be so all over you that people uh, are just attracted to it. You know, we used to hear stories about how, you know, Smith Wigglesworth and other people would be on a train and people would walk by and they'd fall on their knees and they'd say, man, your presence convicts me of my sin. I have to be right with God. I have to get right with God. I tell you, we ought to be so full of God, so full of the fire of God that people are drawn to us like moths to a flame you ever see that you know movie the bug zapper remember that that kid movie and, and the bugs were like don't look don't look because it, it drew the bugs and then they they got zapped you remember that you get so full of him you get so full of him get so full of him People will be drawn to you. You know, when we uh, were in a third world country uh, and we would go to a certain restaurant every day for lunch. And, you know, at the end of our time there, uh, they came up and they said, what is it about you people? It's not just that you're Americans. It's not just that you're good people. There's something about you that draws us to you. There's something about you. And so I hooked them up with a minister there because, you know, it's in one of those countries where it's frowned upon to convert so I said here ask him he'll tell you and I stick I stick the Indian minister on them wherever I was in the world uh and you know what 
people will be drawn. People will be drawn to you like a moth to a flame. I tell you, light dispels darkness. When you get full of God, it brings the light of God into a situation. You know, uh, before the advent of electricity, all light was fire at night. It all was. That's how they lit their homes was by the fire. And I'll tell you, you can bring the brightness of God into this dark and dying world. And I've got scriptures for all this, but we really don't have time for all that. So, so you know, uh, he, he said, he said my, uh, that he is a consuming fire. And so many times, if you look in the old covenant, they, they would, in, oh, poo, I'll slow down. They would... Uh, I think it's Leviticus. They put the fire on the altar. <sighs> Breathe, Rhonda. Leviticus 9.22. Leviticus 9.22. Guys, if you get it, just go ahead and put it up. I know sometimes you wait for us to start talking. but And Aaron lifted up his hands towards the people and blessed them. And came down from offering of the sin offering and the burnt offering and the peace offerings. Verse 23. And Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle of the congregation and blessed the people and the glory of the Lord appeared unto all the people. Verse 24, and there came a fire out from before the Lord and consumed upon the altar the burnt offering and the fat, which when all the people saw it, they shouted and fell on their faces. They offered up the sacrifice. They laid it out there, but it was God that set it on fire. It was God that set it on fire. Offer yourself a living sacrifice. I double dog dare you. I double dog dare you to just tell the Lord come and consume me consume means to, to fully immerse fully immerse that's what baptizing the Holy Ghost and fire to baptize means to fully immerse I dare you to lay your life on the altar I dare you to say Holy Ghost come consume me with your fire because when you do the fire will fall Glory to God. Our God is a consuming fire. I don't know where to go from here. I've got so many things and all this. Not enough time to do nothing. <laughs> In the book of Acts chapter 2. Fire came on the day of Pentecost and sat on each one of them. Y'all remember that? That day, 3,000 were added to the church. 3,000 people got born again. I tell you, we have people born again here, and we're excited as a church. God is doing awesome things, but we're not in the thousands yet. We're, but we're, it's where we're headed. Do you hear me? That's where we're headed. Why? Because he's going to set you on fire. He's going to set you on fire and send you out into the streets with the power of God in your hands, with the word of God on your lips, with the anointing of God all over you to set the people free. Light dispels darkness. Light a candle in a dark room and the darkness leaves. Why? Because dark and light cannot stay together. Light always overcomes darkness light always overcomes darkness also light er, fire contains power there's power in fire that's how your combustible engines work right it, it sets that gas on fire it's just a little whatever and, and it shoots the pistons like i really know what i'm talking about but i think i'm right am i right am i right <laughs> who, who knows cars anyway 
I think I'm right. Gas shoots into that thing, right? And then, and then it lights it, right? Am I right? And it shoots the piston? I don't know. But anyway, I think that's what happens. But my point is, it can make your car go like 120 just because of all those little tiny fires in the engine. There's power. There's more power on the inside of you than you have any clue. I tell you, the devil knows how much power is on the inside of you. That's why he is so scared of you. That's why he is so scared of you. Yes, I said it. He is scared of you. He is scared of you realizing who you are. He is scared of you laying yourself up on the altar and saying, come consume me, my God. Everything that I am, everything that I have is yours. Every bit of me, the good, the bad, the ugly, do something with all of it. I give it all to you. I withhold nothing. Let him come consume you and release those seeds of greatness on the inside of you. May you grow up to be a giant sequoia for God. Those, those, I started to say those little suckers. Those, those trees can be seen from a long way away. They're so gigantic. They're so huge. It's incredible. That's what God wants to do with you. He wants to make you a giant for him and the fire releases the seeds of greatness within you and i think i've rambled long enough uh, who's next all right this is impromptu amen <laughs> hallelujah how uh, how far are you willing to go into the fire tonight I like those three Hebrew children. Are you willing to go in there and let that fourth man be with you? Amen. And so, you know, the fire of God, so I'm going to get it out and we're going to move on, but the fire of God is something that changed my life. It's something that when you experience it, nothing else will do. Once you've been in the fire, you, you just can't have anything else. And so my life, our life should be that we're constantly, we want more of the fire. We're willing to do whatever it takes to get more of the fire. We're willing to give up whatever it takes. We're willing to go in and make sure, you know, the good thing about God, when it says he's an all-consuming fire, he consumes you in a way that you're, you're still here, amen? He doesn't just burn you up to where you're gone, hallelujah. But you know, when, like uh, Pastor Robert was talking about, when Elijah had that showdown with the prophet, and, you know, he built the altar, you know, after they had already, you know, caught on their fake gods, caught on them, and, and nothing was happening. And, you know, and he started, you know, messing with them, saying, you know, is your God asleep? Where is he at? You know, is he on vacation? And then he said he called him the one true God. And when God answered, he answered by fire. So tonight, you call on him, and he'll answer by fire. And when he answered and he come down, there was nothing left. Even the water, the dust, he burned it all up. The only thing that should be left is, is, is the good on the inside of us when we go into the fire of God. And so he wants us to experience his fire. Amen. He wants us to experience. And as I was just thinking about this verse, it says this in Second uh, Corinthians chapter 4, uh, verse 6, it said, For it's God who commanded the light to shine out of the darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so there's a knowledge of the fire of God, of the glory of God that he wants us to know. 
Come on, it's time for us to know his glory like they did in the book of Acts. It's time for us to walk in the glory, experience that glory, and be containers of fire that when he sits on us, it takes us out of this room, and it takes us out there in the marketplace, amen? But it's because of the fire of God, and we're so full of the fire of God. It's like Jeremiah said that his word is shut up in my bones like a fire. I can't contain it. I can't not speak about him. He touched my lip with the coal. Amen. He touched my lips. And so my lips are going to speak. I'm going to declare his works. I'm going to declare who he is. And as we get built up tonight, I encourage you, pray that prayer. Sit on me like the day of Pentecost, Lord. Consume me with the fire of God. Consume my life with the fire of God to where that's all that I think about. I just want more of your fire. I want more of you. I focus on you. My affections are on you. The fire of God. I want nothing else. And when the fire of God is taking us, man, life gets so much better, so much easier, and we're able to go out and do what they did in the book of Acts. Come on. The knowledge of the glory of God. The knowledge of the glory of God. There's a knowledge of the glory that's supposed to be covering this earth as the waters cover the sea. And we're the bride. We're the, we're the Christ-like ones, the anointed ones. And he's supposed to be flowing through us with the fire and the glory of God. Amen. Hallelujah. To show forth and to demonstrate in that fire will change everything of who we are. It'll get rid of the stuff like Pastor Robert was saying. It'll burn up that stuff, and it'll cleanse us, and it'll make us qualified to really go out there and do what God's asking us to do. Amen? Hallelujah. I think that's it. I think I'm done. <laughs> Hallelujah. Glory to God. Are you grateful for the fire of God? Well, I had a good sermon prepared, but they did all of it. So it's all good. How, seriously, they did it all. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I, I just add this, Romans 12, 1 and 2. You know, the Bible says to offer your body a living sacrifice. And you're the only one that can do that. You know, um, I tell this story too, so I'm going to tell you again. I know um, I was going through, after I got out of Bible school, I hit a hard uh, place there and uh, really didn't want to do the ministry and uh, because I just I just hit a place and I was trying to bargain with the Lord about you know um, I'm gonna move back to Tulsa and I'm gonna be Pastor Hagen's best usher he's ever had and I'm gonna go back to work at McDonald's because they were asking me to move back anyway and become a regional manager of about seven or eight stores and you know that's what I'm gonna do I'm gonna serve you I'm gonna serve you and the Lord spoke to me and he said if you uh, move back you'll never get in the ministry so choices that you make and so then I was like okay but I can't do this because you know kind of life took the fire out of me I was full of fire when I went back and then I went back to helping a church and ooh, all the fire was gone and I just kind of ran into some things and they threw the you know the cold water on you and it just there was just a number of things going on so I was on my way out to winter Bible seminar when brother Hagen was alive and I just told the Lord we, my friend and I were talking I just told the Lord look you know, if I don't hear from God, if I don't receive something from God, I don't know if I can do it. And you've all, some of you have heard this and some of you haven't. But uh, that night um, during Winter Bible Seminar, um, there was a man named Floyd. He wasn't on the worship team there for very long, but his name was Floyd. And so he was leading that night and he began to sing a song. Can't nobody 
do me like Jesus. Can't nobody do me like the Lord. And then we got some running on and some stuff in there. And so I began to sing it with him. And suddenly the fire of God began to fall in that room. And the fire of God fell. And so I was this totally open sacrifice because I had come saying, Lord, if you don't touch me, if you don't change me, I don't know if I can do this. And so what happened that night, not trying to work you up into an experience, but what I am saying is you need to, no matter where you're at in life, you need to open yourself to the fire of God tonight. And then however you respond is how you respond. But what happened for me was I began to sit there because I did, don't know if I prayed it exactly this way, but I asked God to come sit on me. I asked God to come intervene in my life and I need you to touch me. You know, I know a lot of times people are afraid of experiences. They uh, say, well, you know, we live by faith. We don't live by experiences. Yes, I live by faith, but my faith is always made a reality. And God is a real God and he's alive and he happens, I mean, the fire is real. And I don't care whether you feel the doodads or don't feel the doodads or you feel something or don't, the fire is real, but it will change something in your life. So as the Holy Ghost began to come upon me, um, I did this. I just began to sit and sizzle. Everybody say sit and sizzle. I mean, like, you know, those, those iron skillets you get at some restaurants. I mean, my onions were being melted. You know what I'm saying? I mean, and onions are bad anyway, so you don't want them. And so, so all that was, you know, so really what he did was what they were talking about. It got rid of all the negativity in me. It got rid of the, uh, what was trying to hold me back and all was left. Now, I'm not saying you're going to have this experience tonight, but this is what happened to me. So they said that they sang. And so we're, this is a huge meeting. And I, my sister had arranged for me to go stay at some person's apartment that I didn't know. So what I understand was they, uh, two people carried me out to my car. Somehow, someway, before GPS, I got to the place where I was going to go. But I just all, I, but, but I decided to take another drink while I was sitting sizzling because the Spirit of God was saw me. So I just kind of put your, you know, my seat back a little bit, kind of laid it back a little bit, and I began to sing to myself. I thought, I'm going to put me on some Floyd, even though Floyd's not here. And I began to sing, can't, no, but. And then the next thing, um, I laughed all night, and then um, I, I, don't think, I, I, they, I don't think they came to look for me. Nobody cared. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I think I got out of my car at like 7 in the morning, went in, took a shower, and then went back to the meeting. But, ooh, I was never the same. I was never the same. The fire of God is that powerful. We hope you were inspired by today's message. If you want to hear more from the Word of God, head over to cwol.org. Check us out on YouTube or any social platform under at Seawall Madison. We believe God is working within you and we want you to know Him so you too can make Him known.